Frequency Cast Update. Hi, this is Carl. And this is Pete. Each month we bring you the Frequency Cast podcast, our tantalising take on technology. What you're listening to now is a mini show designed to keep you updated whilst we're busy working on the next show. Now, Pete, have you got some news for me? Maybe some feedback? couple of toys you like to share with me or maybe you've even got a freebie from Maplin that you can tell me about mmm absolutely right yes lots to get through uh, news first of all though of course the big news in the last few days has been the iPad 2 now available in the US gonna be available in the UK from the 25th of March 33% slimmer 80 grams lighter and it has a front and rear camera good grief so they've been developing away. They have. Uh, they've also released a new software upgrade, iOS 4.3, the new software update for the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch. It brings personal hotspots, faster surfing with the Apple Nitro JavaScript engine, whatever that is, but it does mean faster web browsing, and also HD video out using the Apple Digital AV adapter, which unfortunately will cost you. Also, the upgrade to iOS 4.3 includes the ability to change the number of times that a message alert sounds. So when you get a missed text message, you can tell it how many times to nag you. Uh, There's also been an update for Apple TV. Version 4.2 has come out, uh, which supports changes to AirPlay and some improvements to the keyboard in the UK, which is nifty. And also, there's been an update to iTunes. Only a few weeks ago, we had iTunes 10.2. We've now got iTunes 10.2.1 which contains bug fixes. Now, I want to ask you a question. iPad 2 is coming out, you reckon? But I've heard rumours of iPad 3. Are they true? Well, it's going to happen at some point, but uh, let's get iPad 2 out of the way first. iPad 3, no doubt, will follow. I had rumours about April. So you're really telling me that the iPad 2 comes out on the 25th of March and a week later they're going to bring out the iPad 3? Now you're just making me look foolish, aren't you? (laughs) I didn't ask you to do that. Anyway... It looks like the future's better for the BBC Asian network, I hear. Is that true, or is that just another rumour which I shouldn't spread? Yes, uh, BBC Asian Network, as you will remember from March last year, the BBC had announced plans to kill off Six Music and the Asian Network. Six Music, of course, was saved after that big campaign, but the Asian Network was destined to die in 2011. It looks like that too has been saved, although it will be on a much reduced budget. It does require BBC Trust approval, and uh, the fate of the Asian Network, once and for all, should be determined this summer. So, have you got any more news for me? Indeed. Do you remember UView? I do. Wasn't there something to do with the uh, Canvas? Was it Canvas? Oh, well remembered. Yeah, it used to be known as Project Canvas. It's the much-delayed service that combines Freeview with things like the iPlayer and the internet services. It's been delayed not once, but twice, and it's now due in uh, 2012, just before the Olympics. But they've got a new addition to the board. Oh, yeah, who's that? OK, let's look at this objectively here. This is a project that combines the resources of the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Channel 5, Archiva and TalkTalk. Talk. So you've got a lot of various different parties, some from the commercial world, some from the internet world, some from the public sector world, all coming together to create this project. Now, a couple of things have been problematic. One is getting everyone to agree on the standard between all these different companies. And the other one is getting the hardware to work. Who would you get in to deal with squabbling factions and different project managers from different companies also ideally someone with some experience of set-top boxes well i think i get a man who's willing to work in his garden shed and make things from home i don't know someone who's down to earth someone that can tell you you're fired with confidence (laughs) i don't know um 
Bruce Forsyth? Lord Sugar himself has now been appointed as the non-executive chairman of the venture, and I can expect him to be banging some heads together and making sure this thing is finally out the door next year, on target and on budget. Otherwise, as you say, people are going to be... Fired! I, is he just Lord? Is he not Sir Lord Ambassador um, Emperor Alan Sugar? Well, he used to be Alan Sugar, then he was Sir Alan, and now he is Lord Sugar. How do you do a Lord? Don't you just buy that on the internet? Right, next bit of news, the radio player is set to launch. The UK radio player will finally launch at the end of this month uh, on the 31st of March and it will bring together around 150 radio stations. So this is an online service, a bit like iPlayer, but it pulls together the commercial radio stations and the BBC radio stations, uh, which is pretty good. So one-stop shop for all of your radio stations. Sounds great. I also want to say hi to Peter Howav in Rochester for telling us that the BBC will be ceasing 648 kilohertz. Will they? Why? Well, that is BBC World Service, the English language service, obviously, from the UK. That's going to be switched off on the 27th of March. There you go. Thanks very much, Peter. He says he is, in fact, our number 0.5 listener. Bet you can't beat that, Yank. We also got some feedback, didn't we? We did, yeah. The first one was from Darren Sandy. He commented on our feature on streaming media. You remember when we were sat in front of my telly for show 61 looking at my photo collection? A little map had popped up showing us where the photo was taken. Oh, yeah, very clever little app, that. Yeah, you could actually identify exactly where a photograph was taken within about a metre, couldn't you? Well, Darren sent us a nice little link to a uh, the ABC news site in the US where there's a lot of concern about all these geotagged photos. Obviously, when you take a photo, some of them can record your exact location. And what people are doing is publishing things on Facebook and Flickr and Picasa, but with lots of private information about where the photo was taken. So pictures of family, friends, children, whatever taken at home could unwittingly contain information about where the photo was taken so there are quite a lot of concerns out there in the US at the moment about geotagging in photos so do be very careful otherwise your stalker will know exactly where to find you yeah and I put a lot of private investigators out of a job of course true enough and you're throwing me a piece of paper which is an email from Paul Caldwell uh, he says have you played with the nav free yet well this is that one you were getting up on your phone earlier uh, free sat nav on your <coughs> iPhone. I know that you are. Uh, I know that you're into Waze. That's you, actually, Pete, not me. Uh, but I think this is somewhat ahead of the navigation front. If they add Waze features, such as monitoring other users' progress, then they will be well ahead. So he's talking about Nav Free, which I've got up on my iPhone now. Um, it's not a bad interface, actually. What do you think? It's quite dark, but it looks quite nice, isn't it? Can you put daylight on that? Uh, yes, you can. Let me just press that little button there. Switch to day mode. Oh, yeah, that's quite nice. Yeah, it's easier on the eye now. At the second junction, turn left. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I quite like the interface. It's a better finish than the Waze app. Uh, it's sort of a lot more solid and, and feels like a proper sat-nav app, whereas Waze, you kind of get that build-it-yourself uh, community element to it. Not a bad sat-nav. I've given it a quick test drive, and it does look pretty good. Personally, I'd prefer the Copilot, which I know costs you a few more quid. For a free app, uh, nav-free is actually not bad. What I would say, though, is it is a 310 meg download. It's a fairly hefty download from the App Store. And don't you have to pay extra for the uh, traffic lights? Oh, no, sorry. It's not the traffic lights, is it? It's the speed cameras. Yeah, now, that is an interesting one. You do have to pay for speed cameras. I know you do with the likes of TomTom. You don't, of course, with the Waze, but you do have to with Nav Free. Oh, well. Well, now I have a podline call from South Wales, and it goes a little something like this. Um, it's Aaron from South Wales. Just listened to the uh, latest show. 
I've got a couple of quick comments for you with regards to streaming with your brand new Sony TV. I've got the uh, 40, uh, I believe it's the 40 EOX 403. I've been doing this myself on this television for the thick end of six months. Just wanted to quickly share with you a hard drive, basically, that's linked to my router. And I'm also using views on my home PC to convert and transcode all my video files directly to that NAS drive. So it's always available without the PC then being on. Uh, just a quick tip for you there. Also, in addition, if you want to do a similar sort of thing with any iPhone or iPad or even iPod Touch that you might have, an app is also available, not endorsed by myself at all, but it's called Zoomocast, if you're unfamiliar with it. This is a free app available from the App Store. All you need to do is install the software that's available for your PC or your Mac for that, I believe. And uh, it is very much away you go. There you go. Thanks, Aaron. That's uh, some feedback to the last show, show 61, where we covered streaming media in more detail. Uh, now we've got one from DB Promo. He says, I want to say I'm one of the 8% listening in the US. Mostly I listen through the Shoutcast website. Uh, I'm trying to find a way of putting the podcast onto my new HTC Inspire phone. I returned my iPhone to get this phone. <sighs> Not one of your favourite people, is he? Well, I don't know. I have to say these Android phones are very nice. He's trying to get our podcast on there. Now, let me ask a question. Is he a Mac user or a PC person? Because, of course, I told you all the Americans are Mac users. So was I right? All right. Read the next bit. Oh, can I? If you don't mind. I'm a Mac person. Look at me. I'm so clever. <laughs> but I'm not going to let anyone be the gatekeeper of my digital world. I was finding it hard to upload and download video, audio and images without going through iTunes. Even with the Nokia phone I got rid of, that was plug and play. Now on the HTC, I have to remove the micro SD card to transfer content unless I use the internet because I don't have the latest operating system for the Mac. If you want to get our podcast on there, though, there is a nice, quick and easy way, which is using our free application. How much is that? That'll be absolutely free. Go to the Android Marketplace, search for Frequency Cast, download our shows, interact with us, send us messages, read our news, read our blogs, all sorts of other stuff. Available now for free for Android. Also, for those that have the iPod and the iPad and the iPhone, there's a free app as well. Now I have another podline call from David Jerome, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. He wants to talk to us about SATA ports and skyboxes. Isn't that right? Okay, so uh, over to him. Let me, uh, is this the right button? Uh, no, it's that one there on the right. All right. My name is David Jerome, right? I've got one of these Sky Plus boxes, right? And on the back, it says SATA, right? There's a SATA port on the back. It's not in the Sky Manual book. I want to plug in a external hard drive. I need to know. I filled up the hard drive in the Sky Plus box I have. Thanks very much to David Jerome there for calling our podline. Uh, yes, the SATA port on the back of the Skybox unfortunately doesn't do anything. It's reserved for future use. You'd expect it to be something to do with hard disks because that's what SATA's all about. But you can't plug in an external hard disk. You can't copy off content to put onto another hard disk. Uh, it's at the moment doing absolutely nothing other than sitting there looking like a SATA port, as some people would call it. Right. You can, of course, upgrade to a larger hard disk by getting a new hard disk and copying the contents across. It's not a completely easy process it is certainly doable do a google for how to upgrade my sky plus hard disk and you'll get all the answers so next we have andre phillips he says 
I've just started listening on my Wi-Fi radio. Your review of 2010 was very interesting. One thing you might want to take a look at when it launches in 2011 is... Now, how do you pronounce that? Sailsat, I want to say. The Irish Freesat. Oh, right, the Irish Freesat. Well, that's something I'll be definitely looking into, no doubt. Uh, this is going to be a very tiny spot beam over Ireland, broadcasting in the KA band using the KA sat at 9 degrees east. Good grief, if that's not hard to get hold of, I don't know what is. <laughs> he says it's claimed most people in the UK will not be able to pick this up. Maybe you guys could hit the road with some satellite equipment to see if this is the case. Of course, the other option is uh, hop on a plane, Ryanair, and try it over in Ireland. Now, tell me about this freebie before I lose the will to live. Okay. Now, you know some houses, as you walk up to them, little light goes bing as you walk up. You get a nice little illumination as you walk up to front doors. Oh, the automated light switch thing, yes. It's so you can put your keys in your front door and get in. Uh, the problem is you normally have to run mains wire outside the house and get this sort of industrial mains protected stuff to get mains out to the light. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all a bit convoluted. It's a bit like putting a new doorbell on, isn't it? Only harder. But look at this picture. There is a light with 15 LEDs. There is the PIR sensor, which detects movement up to about six foot. And there is a solar cell. And when you walk up to it, the little light comes on. Well, I'm impressed. I want one. When do I get one? How do I get one? Well, you can get one for absolutely nothing, courtesy of Maplin, which is pretty good. I'm pretty impressed with that. All you have to do is spend over £35 on the Maplin site online. Now, if you want to get one of these, this is only valid until the 22nd of March, so you do have to hurry. Go to our news blog where you'll see the link to get this free motion detector light. How cool is that? Brilliant. I do actually want one. What, do you need to buy anything from Maplin? Now, unfortunately, this isn't sold at Maplin's, but if it was, I'd be buying one. Oh, I like the way you did that link. That was very smooth. What are you doing moving around like a Muppet? Okay, what is that? It uh, looks rather similar to a uh, disposable camera. Are you going to take it out of the packet or is it going to stay there all night? Nope, let's have a go at this. Let's open this. So this is a single-use disposable camera. Now, okay, these have been around for a while. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not the latest technology, Pete. I'm sorry. It's just a camera, mate. But this one has been sent to us by the lovely lads and lasses at Advanced MP3 Players. And this is actually a disposable camera. And you can hear it sounds a little bit sort of cheap and plasticky. But it is a disposable digital camera. A disposable digital camera. Does that not rather... Um, I don't get it. Why? Now, you're fairly familiar with the concept of disposable film cameras. Yeah. This is a digital camera. And the idea is you use one of these where you would use a disposable film camera. So disposable film cameras are typically used at things like weddings where you leave them lying around on, on tables or you might want to give them to your kids to play around with without risking your rather more expensive um, film or digital camera. Um, these are rather nifty. First thing I have to do is remove this little tag here. It says remove before use. So let me just do that. So, right, oh, little red lights come on and... It has a power button at the front. If I hold this down, okay, it seems to have charged. I've got a little red light so I can take a photo. Just pass me that l little red chap over there. Oh, look at him. Okay. Okay, let me just try doing this. Let me line him up in the viewfinder. And here we go. Bit of an odd button. There you go. This holds 40 photos. And you can't actually get at the photos until you've taken all 40, which makes it a little bit odd. You can't take 10 photos, download them, take another 10, download them. You have to take all 40 in one hit and then connect it through the little USB port and get your photos out that way, which is uh, an unusual idea. 
yeah, I'm starting to see a bit of a benefit to this. Uh, it takes more photographs than your conventional camera, only by four, depending on whether you get 36 or 24 exposure. But of course, this does save on a lot of wastage, doesn't it? So there's not uh, the whole film thing going on, chemicals in the rivers. And of course, I'm a little bit bemused as to why you can only use it once, but I'm guessing, is it waterproof? It's not waterproof. It is disposable. Better than that, it is 100% recyclable, which is pretty cool. Once you've pulled this little tab out that we've done, you've got 90 days before the battery expires, built-in internal memory, USB mini port there to get the photos off, take your 40 photos, and then download those images. What we're going to do is, now we've pulled the tab, we've only got a few days left before this expires, so for the next week or so, we'll take some photos, stick them up on the website, and see what the quality's like. Sounds like a great idea. So we'll be taking pictures all night. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Um, and we'll run out of battery power, no doubt, by about one o'clock in the morning. So I can see the potential use there, things like weddings and family events where you want to give these away as freebies, give them to your kids where there's a danger they could drop them in the playground, take them on holiday, or if you're out doing some bike riding or something like that where you don't want to break your expensive 300 quid camera uh, so they've definitely got their uses and they are not that much more expensive than a traditional disposable camera nine pounds for one of these nine pounds yeah that's about the same sort of price they're about 7.99 aren't they normally and of course you don't have to pay for film processing which you do with the disposable cameras that you pick up that have a film in now that clearly is an advantage uh, the, the only disadvantage I see as a digital camera is you can't see the image you've just taken a picture of of course, only through the viewfinder so like a conventional camera you kind of rely on that whole hit and miss element that you used to in the old days True. Now what we've just taken a photo of is our little friend here this little red chap, say hello to this red chap Hello? <coughs> really? <laughs> I'm glad you said so, what is this? It looks like a, a very frustrated bird This of course is Red from Angry Birds the top-selling iPhone game, and he's a little cute little thing, bigger than a snowball. You can now own your own Angry Birds, the whole family, including the little piggies as well. Fluffy little plush toys with sounds. Let me just give you a demo of another sound here. Now, these little chaps, they're available now from the Gadget Boys at Firebox. And if you go to the page where they have these little things, you'll see we've managed to sneak the FrequencyCast logo onto the Firebox site. Aren't we cunning? You're a devious little man, but you're not an angry bird, are you? Okay, well that's it for this update. The next full-length Frequency Cast is due out on the 1st of April. Visit www.frequencycast.co.uk to get in touch and to sign up for news updates. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Please tell your chums about us and spread, spread the, the word. word. Frequency Cast. Update complete.